Welcome to Established, a resource of Chestnut Mountain Church. This is a podcast where we dive into the deep doctrines of the Christian faith, the most essential doctrines, and uh, sometimes it gets a little bit crazy. Yeah. Because I'm Jared, and I'm alongside Brandon Bridge Farmer, and if you know Brandon or BB, you know that he's a little bit crazy sometimes. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yep. It's not how I would define me and you. I would define that the opposite. You're crazy sometimes, and... Give give me an example of why you would say that I'm crazier than you. Because you've been skydiving. Oh. You've yeah. been rock climbing above a thousand feet. You've been bouldering. I've been you've rock been climbing. What above do they call it when you feet. Yep. <laughs> what do you yep. what do they call it when you cave dive? Um Splunking. Splunking? Mm-hmm. Say that five times fast and see what comes out. I can barely speak normal. That's a big deal, (coughs) like splunking. But you've been hang gliding. Okay, and? That's terrifying. I gave you five commas. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? When I'm saying crazy, I don't necessarily mean like adrenaline junkie. Okay. You're just a little bit more outgoing and and wild. I feel like I made a better case. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know what to say. You just have to experience it. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a good conversation. It's, uh, to be honest with you, I think this is one that a lot of people want yeah. to talk about, hear about. But there's a lot of questions as well. Uh, the doctrine of the future of the end times, eschatology. Uh, what that word eschatology means literally is the study of the last things. Yeah. So as it concerns with death judgment and the final destiny of mankind. That's pretty important conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, one quote that you mentioned, uh, which was, I, I actually really love this quote, but it says, whatever the church does, it should prepare its members to face death and meet God. Yeah. That's from D.A. Carson, a brilliant theologian. And uh, it's it's when I think about this topic, I think about something that's a lot bigger than my mind can handle a lot of times, um, but it is ever important, mm-hmm. obviously. Uh, it, t- talk a little bit, I love how you set this up the other night when you were teaching it, but if you could talk a little bit about certainties and uncertainties and the importance of kind yeah. of navigating that. Yeah. Well, when we, anytime we talk about the future, there's there's there has to be an element of uncertainty and mystery, like because it's the future. It hasn't happened yet. So we don't know. Um, and especially when it comes to the book of Revelation, like everyone, you either love that book because you want want to know things or you're freaked out by that book because you just don't know. And because it's using lots of imagery and it's using lots of numbers and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And it's hard for us to understand. And and so I think when we, when, anytime we talk about this doctrine, we have to go, there's some things that we can be confident in because scripture's made it clear. Mm-hmm. And there's some things that we just have to be very open-handed with because it's not clear in Scripture. Um, so there's lots of, like, I feel like I've had lots of questions from people about what what is heaven going to look like? What is, what is uh, what are things going to be like in heaven? Am I going to, what am how old am I going to be? And those kind of things, mm-hmm. we don't know. Um, we know that heaven is a place of God's glory and full display and, and uh, we'll get into that a little bit more later, but um, there's just some things that we have to open. I love this uh, quote from Millard uh, Erickson, which says, speculation is a legitimate theologic, 
theological activity. As long as we are where we are speculating. So there's some things that we can talk about and go, it's maybe good. it is like this, maybe it isn't like this. Um, but we just have to be aware that like some things, like what we've been talking about and established, there's some doctrines that we are close-handed on mm-hmm. and some that we're open-handed on. And so when we come to, especially this doctrine, um, like we might not know exactly what heaven's going to look like and, and exactly what we're going to be doing completely. Um, so we can be open-handed with that. But we have to be certain that um, that hell's real. Yeah, like that's close-handed. That it's a reality. Yeah. Um, and if that's true, then we have to go. Then we have to face this doctrine with with uh, some urgency. Um, it can't be just like, oh, well, we'll figure it out because it hasn't happened yet. Um, we have to. We there's there's answers to to this. Yeah, and seeking those answers is a healthy practice. Yep. And even if it's something that we may not be able to fully understand, that's a great quote from my man Millard. Yeah. Millard Erickson. You, love that's that. the quote. <laughs> I love that name, Millard, you know? That's awesome. My uh my wife's granddad's name is Millard. Did you know that? I think I did, but I do now for sure. Yeah. They call him Milton. Actually I think his name's Millard Milton, which is even more, you know wow. like uh Maybe he founded M&M's. No, okay, that's not. That's a dad joke, man. I got to chill. Well, you're a dad of three, so you know. Yeah, I am. You're a dad of two. I'm a dad of two. Piper and Hudson, three and one and some change. Yeah. Right? Yeah, two in September, so. Two in September. Oh, this coming September. Yeah. Yeah, so he's just barely one. Yeah, but I mean, anyways. No, this is good. The people want to know about you, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, the people want to know about you. You got a four-year-old, a yeah. two-year-old, and a few-month-old. Yeah, eight months, eight actually. Months. Eight be, months. Oh, my gosh. Isn't time that crazy? Flies. She's just tiny. That's why you think she's only a few months. That's not true. It's just time flies. It does fly. I can't so believe that was eight months ago. She was born April 25th. She'll be eight months on Christmas. Christmas is coming. What did you ask for from uh, Santa Claus? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I asked for anything. You didn't? When you have kids, does Santa care about you anymore? No, that's a great point. Did here's you a better, ask for anything? Here's a, yeah, I did, actually. <laughs> oh, you did? Yeah, because you sent me a link I, of what to ask yeah, for. I just knew that Santa was going to say no to me. <laughs> <laughs> but the here's a better question. Are your kids going to believe in Santa Claus? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if we can answer that here. I don't want to stir up that controversy. Is it not a part of the end? It's not a part of the end times. No. Uh, you know, he was are, a good person. Is but Santa gonna? Is your kids? <laughs> don't throw it Santa? to me so quickly. This happens <laughs> all the time. Well, Everett's old enough to like be aware. Piper doesn't yeah. really like. She sees Santa as the blow up uh, yard decoration next door. Yeah. Like. Yeah, Kaylin loves Santa Claus. She loves uh, all things Christmas, and yeah. So if uh, anytime I antagonize yeah. that perspective or view, <laughs> we I get in some serious trouble. So uh, Santa's a real thing in our house. Like it, leave it, do what you will with it. Yeah. Uh, I I would not hate it if. Everett went to school and ruined it for all the kids. <laughs> Kaylin, on the other hand, would absolutely hate it. So yeah, I'm um, a Grinch, so I don't really care. Um, 
I'd rather, I, I don't want to be like the super spiritual one, but I'd rather my kids just know why we celebrate Christmas because a savior was born. But like, also don't, I, I don't know if I want her ruining <laughs> kids dream, but then again, like, I don't know. That's such a, this could be a whole podcast conversation. It really like, could, but you know, we're just having is fun. Is there benefits and letting your kid believe in Santa? Is it harmful? I don't know. I remember finding out and being like devastated. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't no. know. I don't know how I'm going to, I probably should figure out how I'm going to handle that. Let's do a, let's do a side episode at some point soon before Christmas, maybe, which is in a week. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and uh, tell people what we think about that. Maybe they don't care though. Yeah. So I think they kind of figured it out already, but we, we can do a whole episode if you want to. <laughs> As you said, though, the most important part about Christmas is that a Savior has been born. Mm-hmm. For unto us a child is born, right? Or for to us. It just... <laughs> do we need to get into no, the original man, language right now? No, my world Sunday with that. <laughs> so anyway, for us a child has been born... And that is important because how, what we do with that Savior yeah. determines our final destiny. Yeah. So here we are, back Man, to the doctrine smooth, <laughs> smooth transition. of the end times in yeah. eschatology. So talk to me. Let, let's get into uh, the two very real destinations, right? Yeah. As we talk about the final destiny, yeah. the two very real and... Um, one horrible and one hopeful destinations for mankind. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the reality is no matter, um, no matter where you're at today, there, there's a reality of, there's a eternity facing you. And that can be spent in one of two places, either in heaven with God or hell separated from God. And those realities those are close-handed truths. Like we have to, we have to face them. And I think if we got the idea that those are real places, there's hope and there's horror. There's, uh, there's beauty in knowing that God has made a way. He was born, He died, that we might spend eternity with Him. And to deny that would be a reality that we would spend eternity without Him. And anytime, like even that word eternity, have you ever just like sat around and pondered yeah, oh yeah. eternity? Like it's just never ending. Time never ceases. Like um, that's a like startling thing. It sure and, is. Um, and it should make us, and I, I, this is even side, but like I think sometimes we, we treat time as we have so much. Like we just have forever to make this decision. And, um, and we're not really facing the reality that, we're going to spend the eternity, the rest of forever, in one of two places: one with God, where joy ever, like ever, forevermore is, or unceasing anguish apart from God. And um, I love how Francis Chan he wrote a book called "Erasing Hell," which really just tackles the idea of like we have to treat we can't erase hell from our mindset we can't treat we can't live our lives as if hell doesn't exist mm-hmm. um, he says let us be eager to leave what is familiar for what is true nothing outside of god and his truth should be sacred to us and so it is with hell 
if hell is something primitive is some primitive myth left over from a conservative tradition, then let us set it on the dusty shelf next to the other traditional beliefs that have no basis in scripture. But if it is true, if the Bible does teach that there is a literal hell awaiting those who do not believe in Jesus, then it is a reality we mu- that must change us. It should certainly purge our souls of all complacency. And I think that I think wow. we treat I think we treat the reality of hell complacent like Yeah. God's just going to sort it out, we'll figure it out like um but in reality like when you think about that idea of hell's real if if it's a real place separated from God where the fire never ceases, gnashing of teeth, all these different terms that we see in scripture, um, then shouldn't we shouldn't there be like an urgency in our heart when we talk to the um, waiter at a restaurant or we talk to our neighbor who yeah. doesn't know Jesus? Because if if this is reality, if hell is a place of where ultimate justice from God is poured out for eternity. The wrath of God is poured out for eternity on those that denied Jesus or never believed in Jesus. Then the person that we know that doesn't know Jesus, that's where they're heading. Yeah. If, if they don't <clears throat> repent. And um and so it's it's eternal punishment. It's a complete separation. These these things and and how you read in scripture. Um I mean Matthew 25 in two different places that he'll say to those depart from me you cursed into eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels uh they'll go into eternal punishment the righteous into eternal life these two realities of eternal punishment hell eternal righteousness and and beauty and joy heaven yeah um and so um yeah we have to like and we and i think we have even how we talk about hell like should should change like how we define this idea. I love um, R.W. Dell talks about D.L. Moody. He says, I never heard D.L. Moody refer to hell without tears in his voice. And that idea of like, it sounds like D.L. Moody was so impacted by the reality of this, that he was so emotional, compassionate to like, this is a place where right now, wow. People that have died apart from Jesus are eternally punished. Yeah. Um, Wow. So just a quick recap on hell before we move on to heaven, um, because we could spend a lot of time there. Uh, And feel free, just as a side note, to submit any questions that you have for us or let us know if you want us to, because we're we're glazing past a lot of this stuff. We're trying to move through it, but uh, the Bible has a lot to say. And even as I look at our notes here, there's a lot of things that we're... (laughs) that we're skipping for the sake of time. And so uh, please, if you're listening and you want to know more, send us your questions. We'd love to get back to you. Uh, Quick recap. Hell is a place. It's a very real place. Uh, And there's three things that you just said that are very important. The first one is that hell is a place of ultimate justice. Mm -hmm. Um, The second one is that hell is a place of eternal punishment. And the third is that hell is a place of complete separation um, from God. Yeah. And so we have to grapple and, and with those realities yeah. as we think about hell. Yeah. And I think even like you saying that it's a place, it's not a theory. It's not an idea. I'd say it's a real place. Um, and there's a lot of controversy out there in, in the Christian world of like, is it an eternal place? Is it, mm-hmm. is it a temporary place? 
Like, can you go um, and pay your penalty and absorb whatever wrath you were due and then move on? And nowhere in Scripture. That's a universalist uh, or everyone gets to go to heaven at some point mindset, and that's that's wrong. Like, yeah. It's not found in Scripture, and that's heresy. And, yeah. uh, and it's leading people astray. Mm-hmm. Because what it does is allow people to live however they want to. Um, if your hell's not eternal, right? Then, um, then God's wrath isn't like God's not fully just because anyone that denies Him has to has to bear the wrath. And mm-hmm. so, I think that's good to say. It's a place that's eternal. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. So, on the other side of that, you've mentioned a little bit about heaven, but I'd love for you to kind of shift gears and uh, talk about the hope. Yeah. of heaven, yeah. which is also a place that uh, is important. It's to a beautiful talk. place. Yeah, it's it a, is. I love Philippians 3.20. It says, but our citizenship, I mean, even just that idea, like we have been given a home, like we are not strangers in a place of where we're going. Citizenship is in heaven. There we await our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body into a glorious body by the power that enables him to even subject all things to himself. And this idea of like, Heaven is where God is. It's where He dwells. Yeah, and um, and how beautiful that is because of you know um, you constantly get questions, especially when we talk about Scripture, of like and we talk about this faith of suffering, and we think of heaven as where God is. So it's it's a perfect place. It's a whole place. It's a um, place of no suffering or pain or sickness. It's what we were created for. It is the perfect Eden. Um, yep. uh, it's an eternal heaven. Is um, The beauty of this is like, uh, it's where you dwell in perfect communion and joy is one of the points I had the other night. It's like, yeah. it's not a, it's not a place that's lacking. Like right. It's complete. And, um, and you won't, the beauty of like, you're not going to want anymore. Right, like how awesome! Like you, you don't need you. Everything you have is, or everything you need is there, mm-hmm. um, and and constantly in perfect communion with the Trinity <laughs> and its wholeness and um, all the saints. Um, this is our hope, like too. Yeah. Like this is what we're what we hope for, and uh, yeah, I, I it's it. Scripture is so beautiful of like how it points out all these things. Uh, just trying to think of like Second Peter three. It says, "But according to His promise, we wait for new heavens and a new earth, which righteousness dwells. That the righteousness, perfect. Like we're not, we're not sinning anymore. We're not striving after something. It's perfect. Yeah. Um, and we can even get into the question of like uh, the new heaven, new earth, because uh, He hasn't come again yet. So uh, there is going to be a moment where." our bodies will be resurrected perfect and we will dwell where God's will establish his kingdom on earth in a new heaven and a new earth. Um, I don't know how, where, where you want to go with that, but yeah, no, that's a big thought. I, I, I'm kind of eager to just sit on the concept of, um, it's not a concept. It's the, it's a fact. It's the truth that the most important, part of heaven is the fact that God is there. there. And I think a lot of times we dress up heaven with the golden, you know, 
gates and the pearls and the you know it's like yeah well sorry not golden it's not the golden gate bridge the streets of gold <laughs> and the gates whatever they we, might be golden too who knows yeah <laughs> so we've got the we've got this you know it, i don't know we we in our mind i think we picture it with everything that we want in this life and mm-hmm. like the glorification of everything and Yes, you know, there's the reality of everything being made whole and complete and glorified yeah. is is true. But that doesn't come close to the reality that we're going to be fully and completely with God. Well, yeah. now we see through a mirror dimly, we mm-hmm. then will see face to face. And I really just don't know <clears throat> that we have a good uh, respect, a healthy respect for how just how good that is mm-hmm. because we've settled so long now for such tiny gifts yeah. and such tiny things and in replacement of the God that is everything mm-hmm. that can fully and completely give us joy everlasting. And so, I don't know, even for me, um, that's such a big concept that I don't have a lot of understanding of because I'm so limited, but mm-hmm. I just want to dwell there, you know, and I want to long for that more. Yeah. You ever feel that way? Like yeah. that you just don't long for heaven enough? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's mm-hmm. good. Well, I think even like how we talk about it sometimes, we make it so trivial and like we're so worried about like what we're going to, like, is there going to be. Uh, golf is there going to be are we gonna, what are we going to eat like is my dog going to be there and this kind of stuff which like that comes back to that quote like we can speculate and we can uh, we can ask those questions that's fine but I think about like in Revelation 4 where it talks about the throne mm. and it's like around the throne and each side are four living creatures I don't know what that's about full of eyes in front <laughs> and behind and the first living creature like a lion the second living creature like an ox third living creature like the face of a man the fourth living creature like an eagle in flight. I mean, this is where you start getting like, what is going on? The four living creatures, each of them with six wings and full of eyes all around and within in the day and night that never cease to say, this is, this is heaven. This is what they've, the angels have been doing for eternity and what the saints are going to join in with. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Like when we think about it, when we think about heaven, this is what heaven is. Yeah. This is, we're forever going to worship the God that created. We get to dwell with him. So like, if we get to do those other things, like we're going to know one another. We're going to, um, we're going to, we're going to remember. Like, I, I believe that. But like, at the end of the day, like if Jesus isn't in heaven, like if God isn't present and it's all that beauty, streets of gold, all the things, perfect body. But if God's not there, it's not heaven. Like it's not, it's not the perfection. It's not what we were intended to be. Are we are intended to be in the presence of God? And like that should do something. Like, yeah, we should long for that. Like that's why, like at the end of Revelation, when John does the best he can to explain what he's seen, right? As best as he could, he's seen some creatures with eyes front and back. Like that's mm-hmm. crazy. But at the very end of it, he says, "Come quickly, Lord Jesus." And like that should be our heart because like when Jesus comes, this reality sets in. Yeah. And um and I think that should drive us to like we should hope for that. 
not just because like we're not going to suffer. Like yeah. that's beauty. Like that's a promise. We should hold on to it. But we get to be with God. Yeah. And and how He intended it to be. Yeah. To walk with Him. I, you th- you relate uh, the Garden of Eden with the heaven. Like you think about Adam and Eve walked with God. Like they walked with Him. Mm-hmm. They had conversations with Him. They communed unashamed. With him. Unashamed. Complete perfection. And and that's what heaven's going to be like. We get to walk with God. We get to be in his presence. We get to commune with him. Mm-hmm. How that looks, I don't necessarily know. I just know that's a truth. Yeah. And um, and that, man, like, there's nothing on this earth that is better than that reality. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of things. Okay. There's a lot of things that are better than that reality if you don't understand what it's like to be with God, right? Mm-hmm. And so... And and it's it's not just a hey we're saved and we get it, yeah. You know, and this is a tough one, and we may need to have more conversations. And please let me know if you have questions. But I, for my for me in my life, there there had to be, and there still is a constant sanctification process that's going on. Where if I don't experience God now, in even the limited ways that I can. I'm not going to long for being with him forever. Yeah. And if I don't, so I'm th- I think back to moments in worship or, you know, it, just in my room alone or, you know, diff- different things where it's like the presence of God is so real and so tangible. And then three days later, I can be totally removed from that and have a totally different longing mm-hmm. in my soul for, for, for literally what I want and desire now, right? So that is all going to be complete, yeah. and we're going to fully have everything we need in the presence of God. The The thing that you said that really stuck out to me that I, from your notes is the ultimate goal of the gospel is not that we go to heaven. Mm-hmm. And there's another part of it, but just let me pause for a second. Not to exegete your quote or anything, but this is really good. You know, the ultimate goal of the gospel is not that we go to heaven. That may be controversial for a lot of people because that's the way we think about it a lot of times. An escape from pain, yeah. an escape from suffering, an escape from hell, even like the hell on earth and the hell, the real hell, the reality yeah. of hell to come. And so, but that's not the that's not the ultimate goal of the gospel. The ultimate goal of the gospel is that heaven come to us. Yeah. And so when we think about Jesus, when he says, I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly, mm-hmm. fullness of life doesn't start when everything's over at the end times, right? Yes, we can only see through a mirror dimly now. Yes, we're limited in our scope, but he has come so that we could experience God today, yeah. right now. Yeah. And those who put their faith and trust in Jesus can begin to experience. So heaven, yes, it's a place, but it's also uh, it's a place where God is and God's made it possible f- to dwell with us now. Yeah. And so let's start yeah. taking part in heaven now, right? Yeah. But if we don't, then we're not going to long for it to come anyway. I'm no, that's good. talking too I much. I mean, but. how does Jesus teach us to pray? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Yeah. Like and your will be done. And so much as that is living in it now, but also like the hope of like he's coming again. Yeah. To to bring the final. Yeah, like, it's good. Uh a new heaven and new earth. And like we don't have time to get into this. And so I'm probably gonna 
bring up more questions by saying this, but like heaven as it is current, where people have died and gone to be with Jesus right now is an intermediate state because it's not their resurrected bodies. Mm -hmm. God has promised that he will resurrect our bodies yeah, and that he will bring a new heaven and new earth here, that he will, he will complete and make it perfect here. And, um, and that's the beauty of like, we're praying, not just like that we see more people, like we are praying for more people to come into Jesus for his, his authority to be felt on this planet now, but we're praying for his kingdom to come. Yeah. Like for what was seen in the garden to be established now. And, and we know Jesus is going to come back and he's going to punish and, and yeah. remove the enemy final. And, um, and there's so many different like conversations about that and what, how people believe. Um, they're speculating cause they don't know. He hasn't, ha- he hasn't <laughs> done it yet. Um, but we know he hasn't come. And so our mission is to to take this reality that hell is real, yeah, and it's a place of torture and God's wrath and His justice being poured out. But the hope is that He has made a way that we could be with Him, yeah. And heaven is a real place, a tangible place, yeah. Um, and Jesus shed His blood and drank the wrath that we might not have to, and that we might be in His presence for eternity. And that's Amen. That's what drives us. Yeah. And it has to. And we have to, I think we have to, we cannot become complacent and not want to do the hard work of thinking of this. Yeah. We must press into this and, Good. and see what scripture has to say that it might stir something up in us, Good. urgency in us to take it to, I mean, there's 6,000 people groups that have never heard of Jesus and they're dying daily and going to hell. And our neighbors don't know Jesus and they're dying daily and going to hell. Like we have the yeah. beautiful truth and we can't hoard it. Yeah. It must, it must do something in us and, and drive us to the end. It's good. Tom. Amen. 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 <clears throat> big conversations, big topics. Um, we love it. We know there's probably questions. You know what? If you have them, email us at info at chestnutmountain.org. Info is I-N-F-O at chestnutmountain.org. Please let us know if you have any questions. Leave us a comment. Give us a rating. Let us know what you think. Uh, Our goal for this is that it would begin a journey for all of you and all of us to dig deeper into what these things are. We know we can't cover it all in 20, 30, however many minutes, but we want to open the door for conversations, for research, for studying, uh, just to dive in to these realities that are essential yeah. for, for our life and for our future. Yeah, so um, we're grateful that you're a part. If you're still here with us at this point, uh, you're, you're clearly bought in. So we appreciate <laughs> that. And uh, yeah, hopefully you've uh, got some good coffee to enjoy and hopefully you continue to dive in and study with us. So um, for that, yeah, we'll see you next time. See you next time. We still exist for the one. We do exist for the one.